Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks. Good morning and welcome to the Free Parking Show Super Bowl Sunday preview show. This will be an hour and a half long, so uh, definitely uh, definitely tune in. If your friends and family are looking for a show to listen to, uh, tell them to tune in on us too. And uh, we're going to be going over Super Bowl predictions, talking points, uh, what we're going to do for the Super Bowl, and some NFL news if time allows it. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce everybody. Um, today we have Rich. Ryan and Amos and myself from Free Parking, and then we have Sean and Frank, um, formerly of the Sports Drive Show, and um, we have Mitch. And Mitch, Mitch has been a guest on our show um, for the game show, which so is Frank. And Sean, welcome on board. This is your first rodeo with us. We're excited to have you all on this morning. Um, so how's everyone doing today? Doing great. Good, good, good. Uh, doing good. Uh, just ready to get the game going. Yes. Get ready for a great, I'd have to say this, get ready for a great game today, everybody. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with seeing, may, may the best team win, hopefully we'll see a good game like we do statement? every year at Super Bowl, just like last year. It's going to be a good one, I think. Sports I think drive. Gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely mm-hmm. set up for the game. So, um, without further ado, uh, we're, we're gonna go into our talking points. So I'm just gonna call on each one of you guys and just give me something you wanna, you know, you think is gonna happen in the course of the game. Maybe an X factor play or just something that you think is gonna be important to the game. So, uh, Rich, I'll start with you. What is your talking point for Super Bowl Fifty? One thing I've been mentioning to all my friends, family, guys at the gym is I think the biggest matchup going into today is obviously Denver's defense versus Carolina's offense. All we saw from Denver all year round is they're not a come-from-behind team. They're a team that wants to keep it close and then win it in the end. You look at uh, what Carolina did the last uh, during the divisional and then during the NFC championship game, they like to come in, you know, come at you, jump on you quick and build that quick lead. If Denver's defense doesn't hold up and Carolina gets up 14, 15 points early, you know, this, this game is going to be out of control for Denver to come back and win. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's right, my well, talking point is the, right, so the battle of the trenches. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Um, so, 
Yeah, I think. Um, all right, yeah. Ryan, what you're talking yeah, about? I think, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, there's definitely a lot of things to look at. Uh, a really intriguing matchup between two great defenses. But the first uh, thing that came to my mind is I think that you're going to see Denver play completely different against this team than they did against uh, the Patriots. You saw them go after Tom Brady constantly. It was like every every snap they were sending people and they were in the backfield. That You can't do that against Cam Newton because, you know, Tom Brady's, like, you know, 16-second 40 time. You can get to him. You're not going to get to Cam Newton like that. Um, you know, the speed guy, he can move well. He's in hand. He's big. He's, he can run over a couple of your guys uh getting some extra yardage. So I think you're going to set them, see them set back a little bit and really hit the gaps in the running game and try to make Cam Newton beat them uh, through the air because Cam Newton's an excellent quarterback. We all know that. But we also know that Greg Olson's his only real target. Uh, so if they that secondary is good enough to take Ted Ginn and guys like you know everybody else out of the game, I mean, they're good enough, I think, matchup-wise, that they can make it really hard for Greg Olson to have a good game. If you look back at um, the divisional round, Cam Newton only had 161 passing yards and three rushing yards in that game. So it is proven that you can stop him uh, a lot. I mean, that's not a very good game at all, um, for, especially for Cam Newton. So I think that <clears throat> the defense are really going to try to hit the gaps, try to shut down the running game, not bring as much pressure, um, and make Cam Newton beat them through the air. And this defense is good enough to do that, to, to Make Cam Newton, you know, try to beat him over the top. And then it's, then the game is on Cam Newton's shoulders. But uh, I think it's going to be a really hard-fighting match. I think it's going to be a tight one. Three points there, yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of people are are either calling this a blow or, or it's going to be close. But I think, you know, like I said before, I think it'll be <clears throat> a lot closer than people think it uh, it might be. Um, all right, Amos, what do you what do you got for us this morning? What uh, What's your talking point on the Super Bowl? Uh, the biggest matchup for me, in my talking point, would uh, absolutely be um, it's going to be Carolina's defensive line against uh, the Broncos' offensive line, but in particular, Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf against the interior, being able to push up the pocket and kind of stop the uh, those, the power runs. And if Cam Newton, you know, if there's any kind of read options or Cam Newton gets flushed, if they can push up the pocket, uh, help. Demarcus Ware and Vaughn Miller can kind of contain him and if not get a sack, at least hold him to very, very limited yardage. I think that's going to be a big thing for them. And I think if they do that, I think this game becomes much, much tighter and it gives them the ability to control or gives the Broncos the ability to kind of control the clock on the offensive side. And, very, you know, like I said before, can just contain Cam Newton, not let him get out, not let him break off those, you know, because he's a big strider and you know, he's a big guy. Once he starts getting moving in the uh, open field, it's gonna be hard to bring him down. And if they can, yeah, if they can just keep him back there, contain him a little bit, to give up two, maybe two, three yards if it's a run play or you know the quarterback option. I think that's going to be huge for them, and I think that's a win. Excellent, excellent talking points there. Um, so now, uh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> Frank, what about you? What, uh, what do you think is a talking point for today's game in the X Factor? Anything important going on that you think people should know about? The two defenses. The two defenses. I cannot stress this enough. Say what you want about the quarterbacks, and yes, we know it's the most intriguing position in professional sports, and we got a couple of superstars here. But this game features two of, 
of some of the best defenses in the NFL this year. If you take a look at the pass rush of the Denver Broncos, if you take a look at the way the Carolina Panthers hold the opposition to really a hundred under a hundred rushing yards, which is awesome. The way they the, they controlled the line of scrimmage, the way they handled Seattle, Arizona. I cannot stress this enough. Whoever outplays the upper on defense will win this game. I make a Joe Namath guarantee it here. All right. I like the uh, the Joe Namath um, reference there on Super Bowl Sunday. That was a good one, Frank. All right. Sean, what about I guarantee you? What do you think people need to hear about the game today? <laughs> I think that, uh, well, for, first off, I want to say, Peter, thanks for having me on, and thank you all for allowing me to be with you today on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I, that's what I want to get off first. I think uh, it's going to be, I expect to be a great game. you got two great defenses. I like the fact that Carolina has the ability to beat Denver. Uh, they, I did see something yesterday that said that uh, Peyton Manning is now arguably one of the worst NFL um quarterbacks and to be in the Super Bowl because like I've always said Peyton Manning has not won the games for Denver the defense has been what has bailed the Denver Broncos out uh, so Denver needs to be on their game today if they want to bring home Lombardi number three and want to bring home their third Super Bowl they need to be on their game and ready to play they don't do that they're going to have a repeat of Super Bowl 48 where Carolina will run all over them and for the Panthers, you know, why not have them as the favorite? Because they are uh, a 15-1 team. I think when you look at the 2015 Carolina Panthers, gentlemen, I don't think a lot of people expected them to be this good. Uh, just because a lot, because remember, they went 7-8-1 in 2014. This was a team that really did not look uh, the best. And I thought, I had my doubt before the season began with Carolina, but props for them getting there. And I expect to see a heck of a game today uh, uh, between these two teams. And uh, Frank and the Joe Namath guarantee, I can't believe you, you had to say that. We're not at, we're not in 1969, but I'm teasing him. But it should be a good game. <laughs> yeah, it's going to – yeah, thank you for that, Sean. I appreciate it. And thank you for being on this morning. We appreciate you coming on. Um, definitely happy to have you here for the first time. And uh, Mitch – what about you, man? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, what, hey, what's your talking point for the big game? All right, so we've been talking the whole start of the show about um, Denver's defense stopping Cam Newton. I'm going to put the shoe on the other foot. Now, given, I think, Peyton Manning, aside from all the other mumbo-jumbo that everybody's been talking this week, Peyton Manning is still Peyton Manning. This man can still play the quarterbacking position no matter how old he is, no matter what opposition he has, whatever. Now, on the opposite side of the spectrum, this Carolina defense is wowing. The guys like Kawan Short, Star Lutalele, Thomas Davis, and Luke Keekley, arguably the best linebacker combination this past season. This defense has to bring pressure to Peyton Manning because not only is he ready to put on what could be the last show of his career, but I could imagine being it be that way, one of the best he has ever shown. 
I could see him looking for multiple deep passes on precision short passes, giving great play action reads. Whatever you think he could do, today would be the day he would do it. So if I'm the Carolina defense, I am on my mental game. I am reading to the very second he moves the ball. I am just keeping my eyes on Peyton Manning. All right. Um, well, you've all made some great points, so I'm just going to quickly throw in mine, and then we'll move on to um, what team has the upper hand in every category on offense and defense, every position. So <clears throat> really quick, my talking point, uh, and this is something I wrote in my prediction article last night. Um, I'll share the blog link with uh, again on social media after the show. But um, one of the things I mentioned was how Denver's defense is going to defend Carolina's offense. And what I, what I mean by that is that they, they like to play a lot of man coverage because they do have the corners and the safety help to be able to play man, man coverage. And they also have the defensive front to get up to the quarterback. They don't have to worry about playing zone coverage with, you know, because some teams, they have to mix it up if they don't have a great pass rush. But Denver had a league-leading 52 sacks in 2015. And anyone who watched the AFC Championship game, um, we saw them – get after Tom Brady rather quickly. So they didn't have to play a lot of zone coverage. They can play man-to-man. They can play zone. But they, they're they really good at rushing the pass. So the point I'm trying to get at is they play man-to-man. and Cam, Because Cam Newton, number one, is an escape artist. I think if they need to get him out of the pocket, they'll move him out of the pocket. And he can, um, they can throw, he can throw the ball pretty well down the field. He can make any throw. But if people are being covered and he can escape out of the pocket or rush past Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware – it's going to be a nightmare for Denver because what's going to happen is he can run people over, and by the time the secondary realizes what's going on or they can break away from their receivers, he might already get a first down. So they're going to have to do a really good job of trying to mix up coverages and, and maybe trying to send heavy blitzes after him because if they start worrying about him running, it's going to allow people like Greg Golson and Tengen Jr. to get open down the field. And we all Tengen has world-class speed. It's just his hands aren't great. So if there's a little bit of separation, I give him a chance. But I think it's really going to come down to how they can how Denver defense Cam Newton. And one thing I think the Panthers should do is, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I think, on the show, is run a speed option. Line up in the pistol or shotgun and, and then run the ball to the outside. And what you do is if you try to get the defense to be nervous, either push it out to Jonathan Stewart or another running back or hold on to it and take off. And then when the defense, if they get nervous about him running, then, it, like I said, it'll allow the offense to open up a little bit more because of Cam Newton's dual threat ability. And I think, in my opinion, he's probably, even though he's still young, he's probably the best dual threat quarterback we've seen. You know, when you think about people like Michael Vick, he could run really well. He can throw the ball that well um, at points. But I think Cam Newton, to me, is all, all around best dual threat quarterback. So I think it's really going to be about him versus that Denver defense. That's probably the most major point in this game because if, he, if he's allowed to run wild, Denver's going to have a hard time um, doing much of anything, especially on offense, because if they just run the ball and kill the clock, it's going to be hard for Denver. So <clears throat> that's what I think uh, my talking point of the, of the game is. So uh, so real quick, uh, we so I this is a great uh, great um, another part of our show here. We're gonna we're gonna break down position by position battle. So we're gonna talk about who's better, who has upper hand in each position here. So we'll keep it in the same order, and we're going to start with quarterbacks. Uh, we're just talking about uh, Vince Smith and Peyton Manning, and I just mentioned Cam Newton. So 
Uh, Rich, who has the upper hand right now at the quarterback position in Super Bowl 50? Who uh, who do you think is better uh, for this game, Cam Newton or Peyton Manning? Who are the better game or what team has the best, has the best quarterback available to go to start? Well, like I said, like I said from, from before, I think I would trust Cam Newton more if the game is – if they're behind, I think Cam Newton's got the ability to bring them back. I don't think Peyton Manning has the ability to bring Denver back. You know, there was a report that read somewhere – you know, they were talking on NFL Network, what if this game gets out of control and Peyton Manning throws like two or three interceptions? Are you going to go back to Brock Osweiler? So they're talking about that, and they're not even talking about, you know, the the the, the play of Cam Newton. It's obviously got to be Cam Newton here. All right, I I'm with you there actually, and I and I saw the same thing. They talked about what happens if it gets out of control. All right, so quarterback uh, Ryan, who do you think has the upper hand here? Well, obviously Cam Newton has the upper hand in this one. Uh, from what we've seen, you know, recently, you would have to say Cam Newton. But I, Rich, or I mean Mitch, just brought it up um, when he was talking to uh, his points on the last take uh, that I wouldn't count um, Manning out. I think that Manning is gonna. I mean, this is probably the last game of his career, so he's probably going to leave it all out there um, on the field, you know. So it's, I wouldn't count him out. Uh, I definitely wouldn't, um, you know, sleep on this guy. But I don't think that. I mean, you can't say right now with recent memory that Cam Newton's not the better quarterback. All right, I think we're. I think I'm. Um... Uh, feeling a trend here that uh, Cam Newton's probably the better quarterback so far. We have uh, two for Cam, nothing for Manning. All right, Amos, uh, who do you think is a better quarterback? And I think I know we're going to go with this one, so it might be three, nothing. But let's let's, let's have people here. Um, <clears throat> who's a better quarterback in this game? Uh, it's, it's definitely Cam Newton, especially in this game with the matchups. I think Cam has – he's got the arm. He's got the ability to get uh, – throw the ball into tight windows where Manning's just not going to be able to do that. Demarius Thomas hasn't showed up at all. Emmanuel Sanders isn't probably going to be your entire offense, and Owen Daniels has had, like, one good game. So I think it's Cam Newton, hands down. All right. Well, now we're three nothing on that one. All right. So, Frank, uh, do you, <sighs> what do you think? Who's a better quarterback in this matchup? <laughs> There are many tools Cam Newton has that you can only be blessed of being 26 years old because when you are that young, you have your physical abilities. And that's why Peyton Manning has lasted as long as he has because he's been a pure pocket passer. This is a two a different aspects of quarterbacking, two different polarizations of the quarterback position. Peyton Manning, uh, the gunslinger, the guy that can stay in the pocket. Cam Newton has a bigger body. He is hard to tackle. He can throw the football. Maybe Peyton can throw it better. Okay, we can make an argument about that. But Cam Newton can make plays like we haven't seen before. But you can only do that at such a young age. And Cam Newton is young. So I'll take Cam Newton as far as the better edge quarterback in here. All right. Well, sounds like we got a consensus still on this one. All right. Uh John, what say you? Who do you think is the better quarterback in this one? What Easily it's going to be Cam Newton in this game because I have to tell you that uh, he's been impressive all year. He's just he's growing. He's just learned a lot on this game, he, you know, that he has to be the guy that can lead him. Peyton Manning, not so much. Peyton Manning had his day, but he is not – 
the same Peyton Manning that we have seen from the last few years. So I'm going to give the advantage to Cam Newton because, and I think he's going to have a big day for the Carolina Panthers. I just, Denver better be ready or, like I told you before when you asked the previous question, they're going to have the repeat of Super Bowl eight when they lost to the whoever yawned back there. Uh, um, they're going to have a repeat against Seattle from Super Bowl 48 when they got trounced 43-8. to eight. So that, that I have to say, and I'm sure we're going to be getting into this too, the pressure is clearly on the Denver Broncos. It's not on the Carolina Panthers. All right. Well, sounds like we're five. Sounds like we're uh, five zip on this one now. So, Mitch, uh, do you think Kim Newton's the best quarterback in this game, or what, what do you think? I, I'm honored to hear your opinion on this one. We, right now, we're uh, a consensus pick. So, do you have anything else to say? Anything else to add? Uh, is he Manning's a better quarterback? Or do you think it's still Cam? When you look at these two quarterbacks, they're two completely different. But you have to say Cam right now is the better quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that Manning is not a threat. Obviously, the guy is. Peyton Manning has been around the league, you know, probably longer than I've been alive. And the fact of the matter is that Manning can still find these guys on the field. But in this day and age, the most successful quarterback will be the most with the playmaking ability. And you have to give that to Cam Newton. Losing Kelvin Benjamin before any major games are played. Losing a guy like Devin Funches, who had a lot of big hype coming into the league. You can't get over that. And the success he's had without these players is beyond imaginable. There's no explanation for how a guy can win so many games without two big potential threats. Right now, in this day and age, Cam Newton should be the prototype quarterback for everybody to be watching. All right, well, I'm going to go with Cam Newton on this one. Um, Just solely based on the fact that I think you look at how you look at their seasons to start with. Uh, Peyton Manning, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Cam Newton, I believe, 35 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. And he also ran for 10 more touchdowns. So, it, you know, it's not – Peyton Manning was one of the best uh, in the league. He's still one of the best all time. But you look at his body of work from this year. His arm strength is down. He's obviously having issues with his foot. Uh, and he's having he's still struggling to throw the football outside the numbers down the sideline. So I'm going to have to go with Cam Newton on this one. I I really can't see this going any other way. So um, the next position I want to talk about here, and we'll go with running backs. Um, so we'll we'll keep this obviously same order. And uh, Rich, uh, who do you think has the upper hand in the running back situation in this game? Man, considering Jonathan Stewart is still coming, he's not fully healthy from that foot injury. I know he ran really, really well in that NFC Championship game. I think Denver has the upper hand here. I mean, the quarterback position for Den for Denver's been a, you know, that Peyton Manning's been kind of a, the question mark going into this game about you know what he can do for the Denver offense. You know, it turned him into a game manager all season long. 
Carolina, you know, that they, they got Cam can throw on the run. He can run the ball. He can run between the tackles. He's, he's an all-purpose quarterback. So I think, you know, Denver's going to try and establish the run early. So, you know, I'm going to give the edge to Denver in this one. All right. Ryan, what do you think? Who has the upper hand in running backs here? I would say if you were going to tell me who has – or if you asked me who had the most talented running backs – I would say that it's Denver, uh, if you look at all of the running backs. But the better running game, obviously, is, is Carolina. The way that they've been moving the football, um, they've gotten Tolbert, who's been probably the only fullback in the NFL that has seen regular action. I mean, he's obviously the best uh, production fullback that we've seen anymore. I mean, most teams don't even have fullbacks anymore. Um, and then Stewart is really uh, fertile. Guys, I think he's 30 or 31 years old. So he's at that crest where, or he's, no, I think he's 29 actually, but he's at that crest where he's getting to the older age for a quarterback, a running back, excuse me, and he's had an excellent season. Uh, Denver really needs to figure out their running game. They did have, uh, they did play better in the playoffs, but during the season it was real stagnant, and they do have really good, talented running backs. They just, I don't, I, I'm not sure what the problem is. Their offensive line plays well. Uh, their the running backs just aren't producing, um, and the running game, you, you have to include Cam Newton in that, and I mean, he's just as deadly as anybody on the field running the football. All right. Well, it looks like we were knotted up here on this one. This this is, I think, going to be an interesting debate because now we're talking about the different running games. So, all right. Uh, Amos, what do you think? What is a better running back situation for Super Bowl 50, in your opinion? I think it's Carolina. I, I agree with Ryan. I just... C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman, they just uh, all season they've had very few games where they have done absolutely, you know, where they've done anything at all to where Carolina has found a way. I think they've rushed for like over 100 yards in something like 31 consecutive games, which is just crazy, especially in uh, this day and age. And I think that gives them the edge with that offensive line, the push they're able to get to get them running backs uh, into open spaces and create holes, and especially with Cam Newton, who turns into a running back. And I think there's just so many factors where they can run with Cam. They can run with uh, Jonathan Stewart. They can run with Tolbert. Uh, and they, get, I don't know, they just got a lot of people. Uh, Artis Payne's even had a couple of good games when he's coming if he has doesn't fumble. And C.J. Anderson hasn't really done anything. He's had a couple – Good runs, like three good runs all season. Ronnie Hillman, same way. And I just, I don't think they're going to be able to beat Kawan Short and uh, that linebacking crew. I just, I, that's me goes to Carolina. All right. Well, that's two to one now in Carolina's favor. <laughs> all right, Frank, who do you think has a better running back situation for Super Bowl 50? Oh, this should not even be a question. This should this this, this should be completely one sided, unanimous vote. Every state wins the electoral vote. It has got to be the Carolina Panthers. Say what you want about Jonathan Stewart and his injury as of late. He has actually played mightily well. I mean, you go back to the Seattle game. This guy had two touchdowns and 106 rushing yards. The Denver Broncos running backs really aren't going to give you a lot of yards. Should be interesting to see what they do today. But I got to definitely take the Carolina Panthers running backs here, particularly one, Jonathan Stewart, definitely Carolina. This should even be, uh, this shouldn't even be up for discussion here. All right. Well, this is looking like a landslide now uh, in favor of Carolina. (laughs) 
All right, Sean, well, what do you, who do you think has the better running back uh, situation in this game or the better running back group? Oh, boy, this is a good good question here, Peter. Uh, what I'm going to say is that um, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers running back. I think, again, this is going to be a landslide. Why, have I always, why am I saying it? Like I said, very simple. Carolina's offense is explosive, and Denver's offense is... 50-50. It could be 50 good or it could be 50 bad. So that's why I'm going to go half and half on that 50-50 split. All right. Well, that's different, but I, I, I see your point there. I think, you know, Denver um, has some good backs and so does Carolina. So it, all right. So the next person we hit, the next person I'll be calling on is Mitch. And uh, Mitch, who do you think has the better running back situation for Super Bowl 50? Now, if we were talking running games, I have to give it to Carolina. But we asked for running backs. And Jonathan Stewart, even though he has been injured and playing decently well, I have to keep C.J. Anderson in my mind. C.J. Anderson, Ronnie Hillman, those guys, they run well. If it wasn't for uh, C.J. Anderson in overtime, they weren't beating New England. Um do I think that Carolina will outuse their running game against Denver? Yes. But running back for running back, I would take CJ Hillman, I mean CJ Anderson and Ronnie Hillman over Stewart and Tobert as of now. I have to go with the Denver Broncos running backs. All right. Well, for me, and this one, I because you guys all make, you know, everyone here made great points. Um, I really like the idea to say there, Mitch, especially because when you consider C.J. Anderson and the running back that Denver does have. But I'm going to have to give it to Carolina solely because Jonathan Stewart has been, in my opinion, very reliable when he was when he's been healthy this season, and he's been consistent. Because if there's one thing you look at the Broncos, they're running back, running back haven't been very consistent. Some weeks they look good, some weeks they don't look good. And when I look at running games, running backs, I look for consistency. And that's what I'm thinking of Jonathan Stewart. So I give them a slight edge only because of the consistency. But it's not like Denver's very far behind. C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman are, are good backs. Um, it could just be because this is the first year they're playing in the system under Gary Kubiak, which is why they're having issues. Or because people stack the box because because Peyton Manning's arm is no longer what it used to be. So that could be why the running game doesn't look so good, but I have to give the, you know, the, the running back nod here to Carolina, but just over a slight edge. Uh, so now we're going to move over to wide receivers, and I think this one um, you know, kind of speaks for itself, if anyone, if anyone looked at it on paper. But this is why we talk about these things, because I think having a, uh, having a dis- healthy discussion about this is always interesting. So, Rich, who do you think has the better wide receiver group or better wide receiver um, advantage for Super Bowl 50, in your opinion? Mm, it, it's got to be Denver again. Demarius Thomas, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, they've had quite a bit of drops this year, but at the same time, overall, they're much more talented than what Carolina has to offer with Ted Ginn and whoever else is on the other side of the ball. And you may see them use a little bit of a, you know, may help Peyton Manning bail him out a little bit more. That you know, when he if they have to start throwing the ball, I, I just can't I can't give it to Carolina with Ted Ginn Jr. as being their number one outside threat when you've got 
one of the best in the game in Demarius Thomas and, you know, Emmanuel Sanders on that side of the ball. All right. Good point there, Richard. Ryan, what about you? What do you have to say? I want to say real quick before I bring up the wide receivers is the first two are like landslide for Carolina, but if you would have asked us the exact same questions midway through last season, we all would have said C.J. Anderson was the best running back. We all would have said Peyton Manning was the best quarterback. It just shows you how fast the football can change. But uh, for the wide receivers, the best two wide receivers in this game are both on Denver. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas are the best two wide receivers in this game today. Uh, th- this is an easy landslide for me. Uh, uh, the Denver Broncos are far better than the uh, wide receiver than the uh, Carolina Panthers are. You look at the, the Panthers with Ted Ginn Jr., uh, who's, I mean, he's exactly, we did the, you know, the fake, fo- the fictional football draft, and we talked about um, some of those guys, a lot of the wide receivers were fast, but couldn't catch the ball, like the guy from the Little Giants, the, the guy from the replacements, uh, Clifford Franklin, and that's exactly what Ted Ginn, man, he's just speed, he doesn't run routes well, he's just speed, that's it, he doesn't oh, like, catch the ball overly well, he's just speed, uh, there's no question to me that, that Broncos win this by a large margin. All right, Amos, what about you? What do you got to say? I'm going to go with Denver here as well, especially just from strictly talent perspective. Going into this game, Demarius Thomas, Manuel Sanders, I mean, Cody Latimer. I love Philly Brown and Ted Ginn, uh, but I just I think from a talent perspective, you have to go with Denver. The Demarius Thomas is, I know he's not shown up in games and uh, you know that could be an issue here in the playoffs but they do i mean that receiving court is very good especially the own daniels i think get vernon davis out there too and i just they got a lot of weapons on that core there that they can throw to if paid manning can get the ball to them all right well frank what about you what's the how can you not go with the denver broncos but it's really hard for me, guys, to go with the Denver Broncos. I know you only got one Fred here for Carolina and Ted Ginn Jr. And obviously, and not to mention, too, Greg Olson. I mean, look, how can we overlook Greg Olson here? Maybe a tight end, but you have to include your tight ends as wide receivers here. Pretty good core, I think, for uh, the Carolina Panthers. However, if the Denver Broncos receivers can actually catch the football, then guess what? They can. They have an excellent chance of winning this game, possibly. But they gotta hold on to the football. If they don't make many mistakes, the Denver is the better receiving core. <clears throat> All right, Sean. What do, What about you? Who do you think is the better receiving core? Right now, it's four nothing Denver. So, uh, do you think it's gonna be five nothing Denver? Or are you gonna go to Carolina here? Not because, look, we all know that we can be very, very opinionated on the show and stuff, but I am going to say this, that it's uh, really, really a tough one on this question that you have for the receiving core. Um, I do like Denver. I think that their uh, receiving core is uh, extraordinary, but Peyton Manning needs to be able to realize that he needs to uh, uh, make sure his receivers are on top of the game. I'm sure, you know what, I, I think you're going to see maybe some trickery in this game. It doesn't hurt to maybe see some flea flickers, some trickery, 
but that's why I really, really think that care, that uh, Denver's receiving core is uh, is good. Uh, don't rule out Carolina, though. Their receiving core has been good all season, but I'd have to say I'd still have to give the edge right now to Denver in regards to the receiving core. All right, Mitch, what about you? This is an easy question. I'm giving it to the Panthers. <laughs> and that's shocking because, okay. well, wait a minute. You have Demarius Thomas. You have Emmanuel Sanders. What can you ask for? I can ask you to catch the ball, please. What's going on here is this. They're not getting them the football. And even if they are, they're dropping it. If you look at consistency, Denver's not having it through the air. If I were to pick right now which receivers are making the plays, I mean, if we look at it last week, Ted Ginn had the reverse for a touchdown. I don't hear any big news about Denver's receivers. I mean, can we can we hear any response here? I don't think. Now... I'm not counting out Denver's receivers because obviously with guys like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, anything can happen. But they have to catch the ball first. Right now, Carolina's receivers are the playmakers. They're making it happen. Wow. That was not what I was expecting. Um, and this is, this is to me, I, the only reason I give the upper hand in Denver here is because of their... Uh, because of the names on their team, Demarius Thomas has had his issues with drops. Uh, but I also think part of the reason why you're seeing them, his play fall off the playoffs a little bit too is because, like like I said before, and we we kind of agree on this, Peyton Manning uh, definitely not as good this year as he has been in years past. And I think it kind of makes receivers look a little, a little bad when he's not able to get the ball to them in the right spot because of the lack of arm strength or he's just having issues pushing it down the field. But... Emmanuel Sanders has good hands, and he can play outside or in the slot, and I think that's what gives me what gives him the advantage in this game. Uh, and plus, when you look at Tengen Jr., he four receptions this year, which is pretty good if you think about it. But he also has his issues with drops, and I think you know you look at Sanders and Thomas; they were great at route running and catch the ball, um, you know, when it's put in the right spot. So I, I give it to Denver. Based just solely on you know <clears throat> the ability of the wide receivers to go out there and make catches. And so really quick before we get into the next group of players here, um, which will be tight ends, uh, we'll cover that really quick. Um, Frank just shared this in our Skype chat, and this is looking like some pretty big breaking news. Uh, according to an ESPN report by Adam Schefter, um, sources say Marshawn Lynch is telling people he intends to retire. Uh, so. Really quick, I, I mean, this is this is just incredible. Like the, for this to break on Super Bowl Sunday is just it, you know, it's it's crazy because you, when you think about Super Bowl Sunday, you think about the big game, but it's just um, if Marshawn Lynch retires, it's not surprising. He didn't play very much this past season. I think he had 111 carries for 400 and something yards, and obviously the injuries have added up. Last year, he missed a lot of time because of uh, because of a surgery. So I think if he retires, um, you know, good good for him. And I wish him nothing but the best in the future. Uh, Rich, what do you think about this story? I mean, this this was kind of out of nowhere on Super Bowl. Something I thought it'd be another month or two before we heard about this. 
I, I can't say I'm surprised. I think he contemplated retirement last year, but he wanted that pay raise. Seattle went ahead and gave him the pay raise, as you said. He missed quite a bit of the year with that uh, sports hernia. So, you know, it didn't really come off as shock. It came off more shocking that it did happen on Super Bowl Sunday. But at the same time, like I said, I think he's, what, 32 now? So it's he's getting up there. They they say a shelf life for an every down running back. Once you hit thirty, it's all downhill from there, and it kind of this year kind of showed it. So I mean, I, I wish him the best in his in his future endeavors. All right, Ryan. What about you? What do you think about this? This is a pretty incredible news for Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> yeah, pretty huge news. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is like we still don't. You know, you get these reports every now and again, and most of the time they are true, but sometimes you know you hear. I mean, we heard reports last year that Peyton Manning was going to retire. Now he's playing in a Super Bowl. Um, but I definitely don't blame Marshawn Lynch. You know, with all the CTE stuff that's going on, um, you got to be mindful of, of where your head's at and how you're playing the game. Um, and all, like, the concussions and all that stuff, I mean, that plays a huge factor in your health. You want to be able to, like you know, retire and have a long, healthy life after that. You don't want to retire and then um, – you know, we said it like the last time we talked concussions on the show. You don't want to be Muhammad Ali, and like it's sad to see like the champ is this like every time you see him, he just he's shaking to the Parkinson's and all that stuff from the repetitive head hits. You don't want to be that guy. So I don't really blame him at all for uh, making the decision to uh, to retire. Yep, um, the concussion thing is definitely huge. Uh, Amos, what do you think about this this story? I will agree with about what everyone said is, you know, it doesn't really surprise me. Like, yeah, the timing's a little surprising, but like Rich said, he had contemplated retirement last year, and I think he's a guy, I mean, he got his payday, and he's ready to get out when the, you know, the going's good, I guess, so to speak, and that doesn't surprise me. He's made his money. You know, he's got the beast mode, whole trademark and all that stuff, and he's going to continue to prosper off of that, and I just, yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, Frank, what about you? You're the one who shared this story. I'm curious to hear your input on this one. You know, it's kind of funny we're talking about this because wasn't it just a year ago in Glendale at the Super Bowl that there was controversy on Russell Wilson passing the ball in the last play when maybe Russell Wilson should have had the football and potentially run it in for a touchdown? Think about that. Kind of odd we're talking about that considering we've been, we were used to seeing him in the Super Bowl the last two years. Look, Terrific running back is Marshawn Lynch. Terrific. Great talent. Can he still play? Perhaps he can. The injuries, as you mentioned, have caught up to the guy. But at least now he won't be fined for anything. You know what? As far as Marshawn Lynch, great player. Uh, Jackass as far as, a char- as far as character goes. So you know what, Marshawn Lynch? You have your memories. You have your Super Bowl reign. But you as a person, good riddance. Wow. Okay. They'll find some way. They'll find some way. <laughs> All right, John. What wow. do you think about this? This is, I mean, this is huge. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to say that first off, it's like you're seeing, you have seen Calvin Johnson, who has first off decided to retire in his early 30s, and the Lions are trying to persuade him to come back. 
It may be temporary. You never know. Seattle could still reach out like Detroit and still tries to say to Marshawn Lynch, we'd like you to come back for another year. But this is a this uh, kind of surprises me. I'm just a little bit shocked by it. I kind of disagree with everybody because uh, Seattle now loses a big, big weapon on their offense. They still have Russell Wilson, but now the fact that they lose – you know, that the fact that they lose Marshawn Lynch is a huge blow for their team. We don't know what the 2016 Seattle Seahawks are going to be like. Uh, we realize that uh, this team is going to be probably still a threat in the NFC West, but now Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, now they got to really, like, evaluate, reevaluate where the team is headed for a new direction. This is a Seattle team that has been unbelievable the last few years by getting the two straight Super Bowl appearances. One up, which was when they blew out uh, uh, Denver 43-8, to which was very laughable. I enjoyed that every minute of it. And then the other one, of course, was losing to the best team, which is the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then, of course, they took Carolina on and gave them a heck of a fight. But uh, I, I keep wondering, gentlemen, is it going to be temporary? Could we still realize that could this be temporary with him announcing it, and then he decides to come back and maybe play for the Seahawks or for another NFL team. That really is open to question. Keep that in mind, gentlemen. Good point. Good point. I think Seattle is. It really, really is. Well, it really is. Really is. Really is. Really is. Really is. Not everybody talk at once. Okay, let me add something about the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I I can understand that he probably well well Ron, uh, Sean just touched on what is the future like for the Seahawks. I don't know if you guys remember when Thomas Rawls where he mm-hmm. broke his ankle. He was in there looking like Deesmo Junior. So I, I'm sure they're pretty set at the running back position once they get him back healthy next year. I think Marshawn they asked, but it probably came down to asking Lynch to take a pay cut. He said, "No, I'm not doing that." They they've got you know they got a mini beast down there with uh, Thomas Rawls, so they figured it was probably mutual agreement that they were going to part ways anyway. All right, Mitch, what do you got to say real quick uh, before we move on to the next uh, next position uh, battle or positions? You know, whoever. Thank you. Thank you, Rich, for hitting on the point that I was going to get on. Um, I don't feel like this is a huge (laughs) loss for Seattle in the running back pool. Um, I think Thomas Rawls is the guy of the future because he's just – he's an all-around back that can make things happen the way Marshawn Lynch did. But growing up in Ohio, being in a small town, you play I-formation football – you just run the ball up the middle. Hopefully your line's better, and you just smash mouth through. The last real guy we've had that will do that in the NFL is Marshawn Lynch. And I think that if we see him go, that style of offense just kind of starts melting away more and more. You don't see guys uh, wanting to run the middle of the field and – just say, hey, I'm coming at you face-to-face. It's your task to stop me. I'm not worried about getting hit by you. And if that happens, you know, we lose that style of football. 
Yeah, really quick, I just want to add this last one on. You made a great point there, Mitch. I think Marshawn Lynch, him leaving the NFL, it's gonna be, he's going to be the last of, I think, of his breed of an every down back that can punish people because there are other running backs out there that can run people over. But when you think about guys that can run run uh, defensive players over, you think about Marshawn Lynch, you think about Jerome Bettis is another one. They're calling him the bus for a reason. And I think Adrian Peterson in some ways can run people over, but he's getting up there in age. So I think we're going to start seeing more of uh, all-purpose backs now in the league. You look at Jamal Charles, he can run and catch. Thomas Charles, he can run and catch. Matt Forte, same thing. You're seeing a lot of these guys being able to run, but they're not punishing running backs. So I think it's going to sort of be an end of an era and uh, uh, usher in a new era of running backs. Well, I mean, Todd Gurley and then Le'Veon Bell. I yeah, want to touch on this subject. I want to add something to the subject. We will okay. football. My biggest, my, my, my biggest, my biggest question is, and my biggest concern, gentlemen, is like who? And Frank, you you probably would agree with me on this too. Who do the Seahawks get as a new running back with Marshawn Lynch retiring? That's going to be the big question. Who do you all think uh, can go Thomas and be the next big running back behind? They already have. They already have. They already have Thomas Rolls. Thomas Rolls played really, really, really well yeah. when Lynch was out. They're not going to go out there and spend money because you remember Javon Kurtz said, "Hey, I'm not taking a pay cut because they wanted him to take a pay cut." Frank, what do you think? I think it's wrong. You got to roll cheaper. Yeah, let's keep the line moving here. Somebody's got to play traffic cop as far as this show goes. Okay. Well, I think I think the consensus is that we got Rawls. What do you think, Frank? Do you think Rawls is the future? Because obviously he's still young, and they're not going to have to pay him for, I think, another two seasons. So why not keep him on board and see what they can do with him? I think at this point yeah, you Frank, have what do you to. Think? Uh, whenever it comes to the running back position, well, listen, look. Like I said, when it comes to the running back position, it's like youth. It's about youth here. And I think Thomas Rolls is the guy at this point that they're going to have to stick with unless they can find somebody in the draft. And I think clearly for Seattle, they are going to look maybe not in the first round, but in the rounds down the road, they're going to try to find a new running back here. They almost have to. They got a, they got a better depth. That, they got to find better depth for their running game now that you got Marshawn Lynch retiring. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Um, so, great discussion there, guys. And it's going to be interesting to see how the story unfolds. So, we'll also keep a, a close eye on this. So, next, we're going to talk tight ends in the Super Bowl uh, really quick. So, Rich, uh, who do you think has the upper hand in the tight end position in the Super Bowl? I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but this may be a landslide on all sides of the board. It's Carolina and Greg Olson. Greg Olson is arguably the best second tight end in the league behind Gronkowski, and uh, maybe Travis Kelsey from Kansas City ranks on my third list. But Greg Olson is the X factor for the Carolina Panthers. He is a mismatch nightmare in the middle of the field, on the outside of the field. You know, opposing defenses just have had trouble getting uh, covering him. If you look at what uh, the the divisional round against Seattle, you know they they still had no answer for Greg Olson, and they were ranked the number one scoring defense in the league. So I, it's obviously got to be Greg Olson, and that's not taking enough nothing away from what Owen Daniels has done in Denver this year. All right, uh, Ryan, what do you think? 
Yeah, I 100% agree. I think this is going to be a landslide. I think that Greg Olson his entire career has had the capability, has had the uh, um, the talent to be one of the top uh, tight ends and that elite class of tight ends in the NFL. Uh, and he finally has like a quarterback and a system that he can display his talents. I mean, this kid was... This kid was NFL level ready his like sophomore year of college. I mean, he, he's an outstanding player, uh, and you know, not to take anything away from Owen Daniels, just like Rich said, he is an excellent uh, tight end. Uh, but I mean, Greg Olson's just in a whole different class. Hey, Amos, what say you? Uh, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think it's Greg Olson. And I, I think this is a little bit of a different argument had Vernon Davis actually made an impact on Denver's offense, but he just he's failed to do that. And yeah, no, so I'm gonna go with Greg Olson. And I think the biggest thing with him too is uh, the coordinator Mike Shula, the ability to create schemes and rounds to get Olson in the best position for Cam Newton. All right, uh, sounds like we've got a uh, pretty good. Uh, Chance of a landslide here. So, Frank, what about you? Who has upper hand in the tight end position? Oh, I got to tell you, Greg Olson makes me want to go for the Carolina Panthers here. Got a lot of Chicago Bears ties with, obviously, Ron Revere's the head coach. Jared Allen traded during the season. Even Charles Tillman is on the sideline. Uh, I got to tell you this. I knew Greg Olson was going to be a great tight end since his rookie year in 2007, and he has definitely lived up to the expectations. Certainly, wish he were still with the Chicago Bears. Uh, better, actually, I'll be honest, with the way the Chicago Bears have been the last few years, better he is, and he's with a winning team, and he has certainly been a key catalyst for the passing game for Cam Newton, coming to show you that the tight end acts as the wide receiver, and that's what you're going to get from Greg Olson. The offense is perfect for him in Carolina. Definitely Greg Olson. Owen Daniels, good tight end. Greg Olson, better tight end. All right, Sean, what about you? Who do you think has the better tight end? Uh, like I told you with uh, Denver's wide receivers, I think I'll have to go with the Denver tight end just because <laughs> I just think that, again, they've got a great receiving core, and I'm going to kind of give the edge to Denver with their tight end, just like with their wide receivers. Wow, all right. Well, wow. Mitch, I know you got an argument Sean, coming up here. So what, what do you got to say? <laughs> Amos, well, yeah. <laughs> All right, Mitchell, what do you got to say? I know you got an argument coming up here, so I'm curious to see what your point's going to be. The winner of this is easily Greg Olson, but you cannot have this answer without having a fair shake argument of a tandem of a tight ends. Carolina doesn't have a second tight end. Owen Daniels and who who would it be right now? Virgil Green? If it's if it's Owen Daniels and Virgil Green, both guys make plays. I'm not saying that they make them consistently as consistently as Greg Olson, but they do. Now Greg Olson just has to take the cake. The guy's big, physical, and he makes the downfield plays. But if I was to take a group, I have to give it to Denver. But the winner 
is Greg Olson in Carolina. All right. Well, mine, real quick, I'm just going to say it's the Panthers because of Greg Olson. You look at Denver, yeah, they've got some outside of Owen Daniels. I mean, Virgil Green's okay, but then you look at Vernon Davis. Uh, not only did he leave his best play behind him in San Francisco, but I think his hands actually got left at the airport when he flew out to Denver to, to, uh, to be with the Broncos. I think his hands are somewhere in the airport in, in California. You have to bring him with him because he can't catch anything anymore. So... I'm going to go with the Panthers on that one. So we're going to move to the offensive line. And um, on the offensive line, guys, who do you think in this one has a better matchup? Rich, uh, in your opinion, who has a better offensive line? Yeah, I'm going to give it as a draw because I think both defenses are going to cause the problems for the offensive line on the opposing teams. Because I, I think if Denver blitzes, it's going to – Cam Newton's going to be able to escape the blitz. And the way Carolina blitzes against the Denver's offensive line – I, I'm going to give it a draw on this one. I just don't think that Denver's offensive line is going to stop. I don't think they're going to stop each other, honestly. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Ryan, what about you? I think that the edge has to go to Carolina right here. Um, just for the offensive line talent-wise, I think if Ryan Clady – you know, it was healthy, and like they had the everybody that they had. Um, it was 100% health. Then I would probably say the Denver Broncos. But uh, with the the rosters and the lineups the way that they're going to be today, I think the edge goes to to Carolina. But I think these two teams both have great offensive lines, and that's probably a big reason why they're playing in the Super Bowl. Yep, agreed. Amos, what do you got to say? Uh, apparently me and Ryan are on the same page this morning. I absolutely agree with everything you just said. I think if Ryan Clady's in there, I think it's a little bit of a different story, but I think because he's not in there for Denver, I think the edge goes to Carolina. And I think it's more like, I mean, obviously it's a group position and I think they play, I think they have more continuity as a unit to where Denver tends to switch out their guards when they pat or run or pass. And I, I just like I like Carolina's continuity of, you know, they know what each other's doing and when they're going to do it to where Denver, you've seen them struggle, and especially the tackles with good edge rushers. All right, Frank, what about you? I think it all starts with the center, and Ryan Khalil's a veteran. Uh, the guy has been a, a big part of the center that has protected well for Cam Newton, allowing him to rush allowing him to pass the football. And Denver has a good offensive line themselves. But you know what? I'm taking the advantage here to Carolina. Okay, well, uh, definitely make some great arguments. Uh, uh, Sean, you're up next. What do you got to say? Okay, well, what I'm going to say is that I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers' offensive line. Uh, their offensive line has been incredible. They've given Cam Newton a lot of protection throughout this uh, season and in the playoffs. So what I'm saying is is that today I expected, I think we all expected, that the Carolina Panthers' offensive line should do a very good job of getting Cam Newton protection. Because I have to say that if they can – Make sure that they can put good blocks on um, good blocks on the Denver defensive line. That Denver doesn't put any pressure on them. It'll be a great day for Carolina and a long day for Denver. So, and, and with that being said, I gotta go with the Panthers' offensive line. All right, Mitch. 
Record speaks volumes, 15-1. Guys like Ryan Khalil and Andrew Norwell don't come around every day. Got to give it to Carolina's offensive line. I'm not really sure where to go on this one, but if I had to if I had to make a pick, I would go with Carolina just because Denver's offensive line has had issues throughout the season. Um, it was kind of apparent in the AFC Championship game when Manning was being stacked that at the time, so the pressure was getting to him. So I, I'm going to give Carolina a slight edge in this one. So that's it. We wrapped up the offense there, so now we're going to quickly go over to the defense. And we'll start with the defensive line. We'll start with the front. Uh, Rich, who has the better, uh, who has the upper hand on the defensive line position? Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, number one team and team sacks. You you got to go Denver on this one. That's that's just like Mitch said earlier. I'm going stats here. All right, uh, Ryan. What about you? Oh yeah, and Derek Wolf. So, oh yeah, and and Derek Wolf. Sorry, I forgot about Derek Wolf. All right, Ryan. What about you? Um, on the defensive line, uh, I think the edge has to go to the Denver Broncos. Uh, just like all the talent that they have. Uh, I mean, it, it, they're the best defensive line in football right now, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that can really compete at that level. Uh, you know, with, with Von Miller, you have coming in off one edge, and then you have DeMarcus Ware coming off the other edge. I mean, that's just a quarterback nightmare. Uh, and if you don't believe me, just ask Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Uh, <laughs> Amos, what do you got to say? Um, I'm actually going to go with Carolina, and I think it's because uh, Kwan Short and Star Lutile's ability to crash the pocket, especially within the interior of almost every offensive line they go against. And I, the thing with Peyton Manning is, yes, obviously you can see them coming up, but the pressure when they played New England came from Jamie Collins coming up the middle most of the time. And I think with Kwan Short and star there crashing down i think keithley and davis or whoever gets in there could have a big day uh, with uh, just gaps being opened up to get to Peyton. all right <clears throat> uh frank what say you well i gotta tell you what if you're gonna look at the defense the way hold on hold on we're talking about the defensive line here right correct yeah mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about the defensive line here. All right. This is really a tough one because both teams have a solid defensive line. But you know what? I got to go with the Denver Broncos here. I really do. And when they got DeMarcus Ware just two years ago from the Dallas Cowboys, I thought that this defense was going to be better. And sure enough, it was. Because you take a look at uh, the fact that this defense has just been a dominant force. Better than the offense. I got to go with Denver as far as their defensive line goes. All right, Sean, uh, what do you got to add here? I'm going to add this, that both defensive lines are really, really good. Um, But I I have to say that one of the big reasons why the Denver Broncos are where they are at and why they are in the Super Bowl is because of the fact that the Broncos' defensive line has carried them. And uh, as a Patriot fan, yes, my heart was broken when the uh, Broncos beat the (laughs) Patriots a few weeks ago. But... 
I have to mention and say that the reason why the Pats lost the game, and I even noticed it with Pittsburgh, was because Denver's defense stepped up. That's why the Denver's defense throughout the year has been one of the best in the league. And that's why I'm going to say I'm going to give the edge to Denver's defensive line. That's why the Panthers' offensive line has to be good all day if they want to bring home their first Lombardi trophy. All right, and Mitch, uh, what do you think? Who is a better defensive line? Before I say anything, I have to give a big thank you to Mr. Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf, Beaver local graduate, 25 minutes from where I live. Thank you for revolutionizing football in the county. Um, but, you know, I got to give it to Carolina. Guys like Star Lutalele and... Uh, Charles Johnson and Kawan Short, those guys don't come around every day. Those guys are big physical dudes that can just make big plays for big linebackers to just have a field day. Now, no disrespect to guys like DeMarcus Ware and Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf, but when you look at the big picture, the main importance right now is on those guys like Short and Lotalele. You have to give it to Carolina. Uh, just based on the defensive line, I'm going to go with Denver on this one because of the big names they have up front, and that's why we saw what they can do in the AFC Championship game. We saw what they can do all season long. They can get up a quarterback. They can stuff the run, and they were getting ready rather quickly during the AFC Championship game. So i got to give them the edge in that one. So we'll go linebackers. We'll do this one really quick. Rich, who has a better linebacking group? Luke Keekley, Carolina. Uh, that's all I gotta say. Nothing more. <laughs> I mean, Luke Keekley's done it all, boys. A uh, couple pick sixes already in this playoffs. Don't matter who's around him. He he's the star on that linebacker core. I'm Carolina easily. All right, and uh, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, this is obvious to me. I think that Denver does have a great uh, defense, but if they do have one shortcoming, it's at linebacker, uh, you know, for actually playing linebackers, not Von Miller rushing every down. But actually guys that, like, play in coverage a lot. And uh, you look, you got you. Luke Keekley uh, speaks for himself. I think, you know, arguably the best in the game at what he does. He's at, he's at like, two games straight now with a pick six. I mean, who does that in the playoffs? Nobody does that. Um I mean, he's an outstanding player, uh, and then you know he's the whole def- their whole linebacking core. I think is what makes Carolina's defense so great. Because uh, I mean, from top to bottom, they have a very talented linebacker and core. In my opinion, it is the, the best in all of football right now, uh, pound for pound. They're just amazing. Uh, and Luke Keekley's the the captain of that defense, and and you see why. All right, Amos. What about you? Uh, I'm actually going to give this one a draw because I think Brandon Marshall and Danny Trevathan are pretty decent. I mean, they're decent inside tacklers, and they're 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 not bad in coverage. And like I know Von Miller and Demarcus Ware come off the edge, but they will drop Von Miller in coverage. And I, I just think it's a draw when you like overall just units at the stand like the outside looking in. I, I, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a draw. Keekley and Thomas Davis are great too, and yeah, I think this one's right down the middle. All right, Frank, you? 
Oh, I, listen, listen. I could give it a draw, but I can't give it a draw. Somebody's got to win, and somebody's got to win and lose, just like today. You know what? Anytime you got Vaughn Miller in that linebacking core, that linebacking core is dominant. Yes, you got Luke Kuechly on the other end. Really difficult for me to choose. But you know what? Vaughn Miller has just been awesome the last two weeks, like Keekley with the two pick sixes. But this is an attack-oriented defense. They led the NFL in sacks this year. Tough one, but for me, flip a coin, and I just did. Actually, no, I didn't. I'm going with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <All> right. <clears throat> Sean? <laughs> Flips a coin, and he's going to go with the Denver Broncos. I have to... So is I didn't Peter, say I, I, again, I got I a little bit busy. <laughs> so, Peter, I was going to ask, uh, this This is where we're making our picks, right, for what for our prediction uh, for uh, the show, right? We're making our picks right now. We're doing, we're doing what? Uh, Can you rephrase the question, Peter? We're going to do our predictions right after that. We're, I'm asking who has a better linebacker, <sighs> linebacker right now, and then we're, after that we'll do linebackers. Uh, yep. Right now. Well, right now, you know, I talked about I talked about Denver's defensive line. Uh, right now, I'm going to have to p- probably give the edge to the Broncos on their because look, we their defensive line has been great, but their linebackers have also put pressure on the quarterback quite a bit. So I'm going to give the edge to the Bronc. That's why the Panthers need to be on their game, and they've got to make sure they give Newton a lot of protection today in this playoff Super Bowl game. If uh, he doesn't, and the and the Broncos get to him. You could see a really, really close game with Denver possibly winning, which is not what I really want to see, but I'm saving my pick. Oops, I just let the genie out of the bottle. <laughs> you know, because I'm sure everybody now knows who I'm right, uh, we'll get. We'll wait till we get there. Late then. <laughs> All right, Nick, you're <laughs> There's one name in the NFL right now that is on tap to break the defensive records for a linebacker. And that's Luke Keekley. Luke, I believe, is the most well-rounded inside linebacker. And giving him a tandem with a guy like Thomas Davis just gives the Carolina Panthers the ultimate edge with a great group of pass rushers up front and a great group of skilled blitzers and covered coverage guys in the middle. I have to give the edge to Carolina. Ah. All right. I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give mine to Carolina too because of Luke Keekley. Um, Ryan, you brought up two two big issues in the playoffs. Great group of guys. Uh, so we're gonna go into secondaries really quick, and then after this, we'll give our prediction. All right. So Rich, uh, take it off from the top. Uh, who do you think has a better secondary? Oh man, Chris Harris Jr., Akeem Talib, T.J. Ward. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. These guys are going to be the difference makers with the the wide receivers for the the Carolina Panthers. You've got to give the edge to them here. Josh Norman is one of the better cornerbacks in the league, but in terms of a complete secondary unit, Denver's Denver's there for a reason, and they're 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 the way they played up on on the New England. Shutting down Julian Edelman, not really allowing Gronkowski to run the field like that, it was just remarkable. So I've, the, the way Denver's defense is, I'm, I'm giving them, tipping their hat to their secondary here as well. All right, Ryan? Yeah, the Carolina's secondary is no joke for sure. Uh, but on a big butt here, 
the Broncos are the best secondary that we've seen in quite some time. Uh, and, you know, Chris Harris Jr., as, as, as he brought up, was a huge effect on that game uh, against the Patriots. Of course, the keeps leave the entire season, whether it be making big tackles, getting interceptions, uh, deflecting balls, or poking someone's eye out. He's been all over the field. and uh, But in all seriousness, this Denver secondary is unbelievable how well they've played, and, and I think that they're obviously the better of the two. All right, Amos? Yeah, no, I'm going to agree. Denver, especially if uh, Darren Stewart and TJ Ward both come back and they're healthy, I think they are them to lead Chris Harris, Bradley Roby. I think they're a great secondary. Not Greece. Josh Norman's a great corner, and he's probably got a, he's probably got a very very bright future ahead of him. But if I had to pick a secondary to bring in this game, it would be Denver, especially against those Carolina receivers. All right, Frank. I honestly gotta go. Like I got, I likewise gotta go with Denver because this is a team that I thought played very well against. Uh, the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship, especially Aqib Tlaib. Look, Carolina, oh, pretty good I'm... secondary. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Whoever has the better defense, sorry, Sean. But no, am I saying sorry? Heck no, I'm not sorry. Goodness. <laughs> I'm not sorry for anything. Uh, oh, I'm going, God. all right, you know what? Gosh. I'm going with the Denver yeah, Broncos dear. because I want to hear Sean Mann. Dear Lord, hell Mary, mother of grace. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I Denver Broncos I love, team. I actually, love Sean. How can you not love this guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, got to make it quick. At least, Frank, I've got the Bruins and the Celtics I'm following. The Red Sox are just a few weeks away for spring training. Uh, <laughs> all right, so what I'm going to probably say is, you know, uh, I'm going to give the edge. I'm going to agree with Richard. I'm going to say I, I have to give the edge with the secondary just a little bit to the Carolina Panthers. Their secondary has been pretty much impressive, uh, been dominant all year. So I'm going to go with them over Denver's secondary. All right, <clears throat> Mitch. Mm. Um, isn't it ironic that the only team that made Denver's secondary look bad was Pittsburgh? But that's just me. We'll save that for another time. Um, I have to give the edge. <laughs> if we're talking a well-rounded secondary, I have to give oh, you it took to this. Denver. Shoot. Only because they're not playing Pittsburgh. Come on. No, but in all seriousness. You have to get the edge to do Sorry, I didn't hear you. Have to Pittsburgh. Give <laughs> Richard, I'm so sorry. You picked Denver secondary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch, yeah, yeah. did you say you were giving the edge too? I didn't hear you. Stewart and... Uh, Denver. Oh, okay. okay. Denver. Yeah, I'm with... I'm with Denver too because they can, like I said, they can play main coverage. So they got the safeties help over top. So it's it's pretty. Uh, I think you got to give it to them. So, all right, guys. Well, um, before we get into predictions, really quick, what are you guys doing for the Super Bowl? I'll go first. I'm going. My girlfriend and I will be going to her grandparents' house today, and watching it there. Uh, gonna have some really good home cooked food. Not sure what they're gonna make. Her grandmother makes some awesome food. So for that, Rich, what's your plans for the Super Bowl? 
sitting on my cat on my recliner. Uh, we're actually skyping one of my wife's friends in from Raleigh. She is sick. She can't go anywhere to watch the Super Super Bowl. So we're gonna Skype her in, and I'm gonna have the computer facing the screen so she can watch Super Bowl with us. And that's basically what we're doing. Nice. All right, Ryan. What about you? Um, I'm going to my dad's house, and we're having like a bunch of family over to watch the game. Uh, so it's going to be a, a crowded event for sure. Uh, watch the game with everybody. Uh, you know, drink some beers and and watch a great Super Bowl. Hopefully. Oh yeah, definitely looking forward to some beers. Uh, what about you, Amos? Uh, well, we're going to make it day three of just being absolutely obliterated, and that's how I'm going to spend my Super Bowl. Maybe uh, try to get some bread in there with some pizza and wings. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> what about you, Frank? <laughs> uh, what I plan to do for Super Bowl for the Super Bowl? Yep. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do for the Super Bowl? No, what you I plan to do family for the Super Bowl? Or... I'll tell you. Uh, 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 my plan, my plan for the Super Bowl is to watch the Super Bowl. All right, all right. You said you said what my plans are, and I tell like you, I plan on watching bombs, the Super Bowl. Let people chant your name. Well, uh, Frank, Frank, on Friday's show, I seem to recall that I asked you to maybe order a pizza from Pizza Hut and try to and, and enjoy the Super Bowl that way. <laughs> I said I would not order pizza. I had pizza. I had pizza Hut. Hey, you know what? If you get Pizza Hut, you know, Pizza Hut has Thank an you, awesome yes. Hershey's brownie. It's, it, it, it's awesome. It's hot. They have chocolate. They have marsh. They have chocolate moises in it. Dude, get it. <laughs> How much are they paying you? Frank? Oh, I guess the floor, I guess the floor is <laughs> mine, huh? Okay. Pay okay. Well, let's see. Yep. <laughs> in a little while, let's see. Before the Super Bowl, let's see, a little while, I'm going to watch the Celtics game since I'm a diehard Bostonian sports fan. Celtics first. Then I'm going to, yes, watch it with my folks, watch the Super Bowl, be ready to watch the Super Bowl ads. Uh, Hopefully we'll have some really, really good ones. Of course, Frank and I talked about this. Uh, before Before I get to you, Mitchell, and get back to you, Peter, I have to say this, too. My all-time favorite Super Bowl commercials have always been the Budweiser Frogs. I wish we could bring back the Frogs from yesteryear back in the decade of the 90s because they were pretty funny. I posted them on Facebook last night, and some people really got a kick out of them because it brought back memories of the mid-90s to the late 90s for the Budweiser the Frogs. Not about the the commercials are entertaining, Not all frogs are alcoholics. Oh, come on. I'm, but Frank, I'm every bull for the Frank, game. Peter, Richard, Ryan, and Mitchell, come on. Everybody wants to see what kind of Budweiser commercials or a Snickers commercial they got up there or a Doritos commercial for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm come on, that's part of the entertainment, Frank. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pretty sure there's a football game for that. I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, I... Mitch, what about you? What are you doing for the game, man? You gonna watch it at home? You going out? What are, What are you doing? Um, I'm gonna spend it with the uh, the grandparents and the rest of the family. You know, a little bit of a tough time right now, but gonna spend it around them and try to build a little bit of happiness through a rough time. 
Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Well, real quick before we go to predictions, uh, Frank, you live in Chicago, correct? Indeed, I do, and damn proud of it. Well, the Blue Bumblebee, Indiana. You just said you you just said that you like you like pizza. Uh, you live in Chicago. You have like, some of the best some of the best pizza in the world. You're gonna have damn pizza. Come on, man. You live in Chicago. Get some real pizza, not pizza. That's garbage. Ugh. Why would you do that? No, I have some I real have deep pizza, fish, you know, man. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I have beggar. Or Frank. Or I have beggar. I have old Nellis. What is it, Sean? Come on. This is my time, not yours. Order or or, 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 I, or how about pizza? Or how about Domino's pizza or Papa John's? Oh yeah, because you, right, you like Peyton Manning so much with his nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you or, this, Frank. Right. You can order from Papa John's because Peyton because Peyton Manning likes Frank Papa John's. Pete, shut up! You take a better side. All right, guys, all right, guys. So I just wanted to bring that up. So let's go into our predictions now. I just wanted to bring it to the point that somebody that lives in the city with great pizza has, has pizza hut, but I'm just going to leave that alone. We're going to go into our predictions now. And, um, all right, Rich, take away with your, your, your prediction first. Your prediction first, Rich. Who do you think is going to win and score? If you have Man, score? well, you know, I'm not going to give a score because I there's no telling what's going to happen in this game. And I've said it all week long that I was going back and forth on this prediction. And the way I see it is this, is if Denver can weather the storm early and keep this game close, they're going to win this ball game. If Carolina jumps out early and goes up 17 points, I don't think Denver is going to come from behind and win. I'm going to... I'm going to be cheering for Carolina, but something deep down inside the pits of hell is going to tell me that Denver is somehow going to win this freaking <laughs> ball game. So my prediction is I'm taking the underdog. Like I said, it's been plotted out, and you know they, they've been saying it for years. Then, for some strange, odd reason, Peyton Manning is going to get his final ring and ride off into the sunset. But I am cheering my heart out for Carolina today. All right, yes, Chris, I did pick Denver. Denver and that, right. Right. Oh, well, that was, yeah, that, I remember the punishment show two weeks ago, I had to make that my official pick. So I am picking Denver for Denver, but I am rooting for Carolina. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. yeah was there. Ryan, you're up. I'm loving the pick, Rich. I, I just, I know how much of a Bronco fan you are and how much you love Peyton Manning, so I'm glad that you got to pick your team. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But, uh, no, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, but the matchup to me is, like, I think that – I just think that uh, Carolina just has a little bit too much um, for Denver to keep up with. Uh, I think it is going to be a tight game, though. Final score, I'm saying 23-21 um, with the Carolina winning. All right. So what um, – so now I guess we're at one apiece. Uh, so – we're going to go with uh, Amos. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it's going to be Carolina. I, I do. I think that uh, Cam Newton is just going to have a heck of a day. And it may not be something where he has like 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. His stats may not necessarily be uh, great. But I think he's going to do absolutely everything he can to get the mm. win for that team. And I just – Peyton Manning's going to go out there. You know, the sheriff's going to come out and shoot blanks. <laughs> 
All right. Well, <clears throat> I figured Amos would pick Carolina. So now we're going to work on over to our guests. And so, Frank, who are you going to take him in the Super Bowl, man? I think it's going to be pretty close. I think it could come down to one play like we've seen. It seems to be a good number of Super Bowls over the last few years, with the exception of two years ago. But the Broncos were in that Super Bowl two years ago. Far from coming down to one play, this time it will. And I think Carolina wins it. Take it to Panthers. But if the Broncos win, I'll be happy for Peyton. All right. So uh, next up, we got Sean. What is your prediction? Uh, I've been having fun a little bit there with you, Peter, about the pizza and stuff, too. Pizza Hut, Domino's, uh, Papa John's Pizza. I, I even asked Frank to try Papa John's Pizza. I'm pretty sure he would since Peyton is there. All right, so <laughs> all right. So the first thing I'm going to say is Carolina Panthers are going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to win Super Bowl 50. Denver does not have what it takes to win the Super Bowl. They are not good enough. That's why I'm saying their offense needs to get going. Peyton Manning has got to have a big game if he wants to win his second Super Bowl and possibly retire on a big note. Because we don't. Because you know what? Whatever happens today, there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of rumors about what's going to end up happening with Peyton Manning and what the future of the Broncos looks like. Because it's not entirely the best. Yeah. All right, and Mitch, who do you think is in the way? Carolina. <clears throat> all right, you got a and score prediction and all. You're going to take Carolina. What'd you hold say, on, Frank? Want me to come on, up there? I got the best one. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just said, I said my pick is Carolina. What more do I have to say? Carolina will be my pick. I can't guarantee it, though. I plead the fifth. Are you nuts? Yeah, I'll tell you what I say. I plead the fifth. All right. So I'll give mine real quick here. Um, I am going to take Carolina by a score of 20 to 13. Um, I wrote about this in a blog that I did yesterday. Um, I'll share with you guys after the show. I'll email from you guys too, but I just think Carolina's defense and offense are going to be too much for Denver uh, for Denver to, to win this game, in my opinion. The reason I say it is because I said this about Peyton Manning. He can't throw the ball well outside the numbers anymore, and then you're going to have you know, a, a great defense against Peyton Manning and the receivers. I think if they take away in the middle of the field, which is what they should do, neutralize Owen Daniels and then Try to find a way to stop him. Manuel you know, Sanders coming out of the flat, or just, or even if you can't stop him, just keep his reception numbers low. They shouldn't have an issue here. And I think it'll be 20 to 13. And I, and I think it's going to come down to uh, the the very last probably five minutes of the game. I think Carolina scores a go-ahead touchdown uh, to break the tie, and that will win them the game, in my opinion. So that's what I'm going to take. Uh, I'm to- I'm totally excited for this game, and we thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening and. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the game with hold on. enjoy the game oh, with whoa, whoa. whoever you're watching it with. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Peter. Wait, we gotta let Richard's Mitch make his something. pick. We just skipped right over from. I Mitch said I think it's going to be in Carolina. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mitch, go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. Let him speak. It's all right because uh, in the famous tune of uh, one of the players playing today, Mr. Peyton Manning. Um, Carolina will win this one. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Cam is the better guy. And that it means it means that if Carolina wins and Peyton retires, I'll never have to hear those stinking nationwide is on your side commercials ever again. That is the most annoying commercial ever. Good grief. Because then I have to hear it from Frank every year. Pick up Cam. <laughs> Let's go watch the Super Bowl. Thank you everyone who tuned in this morning, uh, especially a shout out to Frank, Mitchell, and Sean for, uh, for joining us this morning on the show. Thank you for coming on and uh, enjoy the game with everyone today, guys, and uh, yep, have a great day. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. Thank you and enjoy. Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back now, you hear? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.